And so when we look back and we look at today, we say, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? We got to organize for freedom. We got to come together. As the beautiful George Jackson said, settle your differences. Settle your differences and come together to fight for freedom. Because we have what? We have the power. We have the power among us that when we decide we want to rise up and change everything, we will do that. And you know why we have the power? Because all power belongs to the people. All power belongs to the people. All power to the people. All power to the people. All power to the people. So what you just heard was an excerpt from a speech given by Elaine Brown, the former chairwoman of the Black Panther Party. So what does this have to do with fashion, you may be asking yourself? Well, this speech was actually part of the opening for the last show of Paris Couture Week 2021 from none other than one of my personal favorite brands, Pierre Moss. My name is CJ, and welcome to Black in Fashion, a podcast that highlights key Black figures who have impacted the world of fashion as we know it today, as well as those who continue to influence its ever-changing industry. Each episode, we'll profile different people from past to present, as well as conduct interviews and engage in dialogue around race and diversity within the fashion industry. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Black in Fashion. So this week, I'm going to talk about a pivotal moment in fashion that happened almost two weeks ago. On July 10th, Pierre Moss premiered their couture collection, returning to the runway after a two-year hiatus. This collection, titled What You Is, brought the creativity and innovation of Black inventors to the forefront of a society where their contributions are oftentimes more overlooked than not. The creative director of Pierre Moss, Kirby John Raymond, explained that the concept for this show was a collaboration amongst his team, and the idea really sparked during a trip to Joshua Tree back in March. Sidebar, if you'd like to learn more about Kirby John Raymond as a designer and the birth of Pierre Moss, check out episode 13 of Black and Fashion released in June of 2020. Despite being delayed for 48 hours because of the weather, this momentous show is sure to go down in history for a few reasons. First, it was held at the Madam C.J. Walker Estate Villa Luaro in Irvington, New York. This was an obvious match made in heaven considering both the legacy of Madam C.J. Walker and the theme for the show and also the brand. Carolina Gonzalez said it perfectly for Vogue.com. As a brand dedicated to preserving and celebrating Black heritage and activism within the fashion community and beyond, it is more than fitting for this monumental moment to take place in Madam C.J. Walker's home. In the same article, Gonzalez cites a 1917 New York Times interview with Madam C.J. Walker, who said, I'm not a millionaire, but I hope to be someday, not because of the money, but because I could do so much to help my race. She was already the wealthiest black woman in New York City at the time and, as history tells, did become a self-made millionaire. But the significance of the show being held at her estate speaks not only to the history of black innovation, but the uphill battle in reaching such levels of achievement. Reason number two. Kirby John Raymond is the first black American designer to show during Couture Week and over the 150-year history of the Chambre Syndicale de la Haute Couture. 
Now, I did see a few conflicting articles about this fact, so I'll clarify that Kirby was the first to show couture. The first Black designer and first American designer to ever be admitted into the Chambre Syndicale de Prêt-à-Porter was Patrick Kelly in 1988. Um, Excuse my French, it's not perfect, I don't speak French at all, but Prêt-à-Porter means ready to wear, and while this French governing body derived from the Ocator Syndicale, it is separate and less than 50 years old. So again, Kirby John Raymond made history as the first Black designer to show during Couture Week in the Chambre de Syndicale de la Ocatours over a 150-year history, separate from Prêt-à-Porter. Reason number three, the performances throughout the presentation. So one of my favorite parts of the show outside of the fashion was the opening speech given by former chairwoman of the Black Panther Party, Elaine Brown, who was also the only woman to hold this position during the party's active years. You absolutely have to watch it for yourself. But she spoke on the history of Black liberation and the Black Panther Party with memorable lines such as, I am a revolutionary and where do we go from here? The sort of opening isn't new for the Pierre Moss brand. Kirby shows are never just solely about clothes, but about the message. And having Elaine Brown at the start of the show set a clear tone for what was to come. As the models walked the runway, New York rapper 22Gs performed a set on top of a circular tri-leveled pedestal surrounded by a cast of dancers along with a small orchestra and vocalist placed where the models entered the catwalk. This cast consisted of exclusively black men of all ages, skin tone, sizes, and hair texture. And for me personally, it was refreshing to see the number of froze, locks, braids, fades, and all styles in between present on the stage of a couture show. And it felt more genuine than performative, even though they were literally performing. But that's probably because these performers looked no different than the models, the designer, and the majority of the Pierre Moss team and the audience. The fourth reason is definitely the looks. Now, you can find the looks with a quick Google search, but you can also see each piece on the Pierre Moss Instagram. They've been posting three looks from the show every few days, so most of the looks should be posted by now, if not in the next week or so. Again, the show's focus on the achievements of Black inventors throughout history, so you had looks as abstract as Look 17, which was inspired by the patent improvements to the fire extinguisher, Thomas J. Martin, 1872, to looks as literal as the peanut butter jar from Look 4, George Washington Carver, who may not have invented literal peanut butter, but still created over hundreds of peanut products. A few of my personal favorites included the roller cape made entirely of hair rollers with actual hair extensions rolled into each individual roller, Solomon Harper, 1930. Um, that cape actually took months to make, I read, and but it moves so elegantly down the runway. Like, I literally could not take my eyes off of it from when it entered all the way until the model left the actual catwalk. I also love the horseshoe gown, Oscar Brown, 1892, the lampshade gown, Louis Latimer, 1881, and the typewriter look, L. Burridge and N. Marshman, 1885. Other looks were based on the Super Soaker, Lonnie Johnson, 1991, the traffic light, Garrett Morgan, 1923, and the fire escape ladder, Joseph Winters, 1879. Now, I can go on and on with the inventions, the inventors in the years, but you're honestly much better off watching the show yourself or at least checking out the looks than listening to me. 
the looks did receive mostly positive reviews with some minor critiques on the presentation not exactly screaming couture, but I know you can say the same about many couture shows throughout the years. The show definitely had elements of camp with a more tongue-in-cheek interpretation of everyday items created by Black inventors, but the significance of the message was there nonetheless. At the end of the show, Kirby John Raymond came out along with his entire team as the orchestra and vocalist continued the background music for 22G's single, King of New York. It was incredible to watch as the Pierre Moss team received a standing ovation. Now, the fifth and final reason this show is sure to go down in history is because of its significance. The one thing that rang true as I watched these beautiful black models strut down the runway, listen to the bars coming from 22Gs, and absorb the powerful words from Elaine Brown was that this was a couture show. Whether you're familiar with the history of couture or not, this sort of presentation would never have happened 150 or even a decade ago. This was a presentation from a designer who was literally blacklisted from the mainstream fashion industry for using his platform to share a message not entirely dissimilar from this one. And while police brutality wasn't the theme, the message of Black liberation was very apparent and the celebration of Black innovation held center stage. It was a very proud moment to see. This collection is set to be installed as an exhibit at the Walker Estate this fall in partnership with gallerist Nicola Vassell. So if you're in New York, I'd be on the lookout for this exhibition this fall. I'll end this episode with a quote from the creative director himself. On the Pierre Moss brand, Kirby John Raymond said, We're a platform. That's what we do well. Not just the clothes, but the message, the story, the whole community around it. For more information on Pierre Moss and Kirby John Raymond, you can listen to episode 13 or check out their website, pierremoss.com or Instagram at Pierre Moss. Black in Fashion is written and produced by me, edited by Joelle North. The theme music is from PBT and Production Music Library and background music for our profile episodes comes from Lakey Inspired. The title is Better Days. Please like, subscribe, review, and rate Black and Fashion five stars on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Lastly, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at BLKNFSHN. Again, that's at BLKNFSHN, just like the logo. Thanks for listening.